Welcome to Revere Assets, Your Money, with Danny Stewart. You never know how far the stock is going to go down. Tim Razor. Danny knows I'm a geek for all of this stuff. And Don Vandenborg. Telling it like it is. If you're seeking the best stock knowledge this side of Wall Street, you've come to the right place. I'm sorry, did I steal your stuff? No, you didn't steal any thunder. Who's handling this segment? (laughs) For the next hour, Danny, Tim, and Don will be talking investing. Investing is 90% psychological, and I love that. Trades. The market will usually overshoot to the downside and to the upside. And dumpster fires. Because it doesn't matter what you think or what I think, and it matters even less what Danny thinks. And now, here's your hosts... Danny, Tim, and Don. Hey, Zach, so it's me again today, huh? It's you again today, that's right. Danny, Danny, uh... Gets a little scared when he knows that I'm I'm here unsupervised by him. You aware of that? I, I don't know why. <laughs> yep, there he is. There's the man himself. <laughs> uh, so uh, so he put Ted in charge of, of keeping me in line today. Yes. So, uh, Ted, are you ready for that? Uh, all I am, order. I am. Uh, Danny also says uh, you look too young, Ted, and he's wondering if you could get a fake beard and mustache for next week's show. <laughs> I could. Like genuine I'll, I'll look into it. Yeah. Okay. You know, it would be cool if it was blonde. There you go. <laughs> Platinum blonde, like Thor. I'll do it. I'll look yeah. for it. All right. Or, or so white. I'm, white I'm, cool too. I'm supposed to make sure that I, Danny said, I have to attribute this quote to him and work it into the show. So I'm going to get it out of the way right at the beginning. He says, it's not enough to be a fiduciary. You have to be a fiduciary with a cell discipline. And with a cell discipline is capitalized with three exclamation points. Attribute that quote to me, Don Ho. He calls me Don Ho. Don Ho was a uh, ukulele singer, Hawaiian ukulele singer from back in the 70s, I think. Don Ho. You ever heard of him, Zach? Don Ho? I sure have. Well, not- no. Okay, well, now you've got your first uh, picture for the... Uh, podcast video. I'm looking him Ho. up right now. Okay, and I have calls. Call, I of course, call him little little Danny Stewart, the big bad Texan. So, all right, let's move on. So, let's go uh, from my IT days. We talked about my IT days pre-show. We're gonna do an agenda because in IT, I was a stickler. Don't ever schedule a meeting without an agenda. People need to know what they need to be prepared for going into the show, and that's why I show the agenda before every. Uh, uh, video that we that we do at night. So, are you ready? Here's here's our agenda. Let's hear it. First of all, uh, I started this last night. I'm going to go into it a little bit more. We're going to feed the trolls, Zach. Okay. Did you know we have <laughs> trolls? I did not know we have, we have trolls. You're you're going to learn a lot today, Zach. Okay. Yeah. Number one, feed the trolls. Number two, Levy versus Bessemer Trust. Are you are you aware of that court case? I don't Zach? even. I'm sure. I'm sure not. You are going to be aware of it by the end of the show. Number three, um, when you're when you ask an advisor uh, why and kind of uh, a, 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 an advisor with a, a fiduciary advisor without a cell discipline, when you ask them why they're holding something, 
and they say, if you disagree, have at it. What do you think uh, your reaction should be if you're yeah. a client? Okay, well, we got a client who's now a Revere client, and they, they had at it, okay? So, oh, right. uh, We're going to go over that today. And then, okay, number four was Danny quote. I got that out of the way. And then segments. Michael is going to do uh, fertilizers, right, Michael? Yes, sir. Ooh. Fertilizers. The charts looked a little bit better before today, but today is uh, <laughs> yeah. following up on yesterday where uh, the market came and got not only the indexes, but the leaders yesterday, too. And then Ted is going to talk about something that we're looking at, something fairly new in-house here. And we, we've mentioned it before, but we haven't uh, taken a deep dive on it before. And that's going to be single stock inverse ETFs, which is a way to get the equivalent of short a stock in, an, in a retirement account. That's something that they do not allow right now. Uh, you can only take long positions, but we for years have been taking long positions in inverse ETFs if we wanted to either hedge or short the indexes or a particular sector, but now you can do it with individual stocks and Ted's got a, uh, a nice presentation on that. So let's, let's get started. Mm. So uh, are you ready? Let's do it. Gentlemen. Okay. So last let's night, roll. last night in my video. I started off the video by saying I'd like to give a big middle finger to the people who think that they can use the contact us on our website to send anonymous troll comments to us. So uh, let, let's talk a little bit about uh, the trolls who think that they would better run asset, uh, Revere Asset Management than the way Danny and I run Revere Asset Management. Are you ready? Do it. So first of all, uh, Zach, did you know we have a toxic work environment? <laughs> oh, oh, this crew? I had no idea. Yes. No, we, okay. Look, look how scared Ted and Michael are right now from this toxic work environment. They know that I could just snap their heads off at any minute with my sardonic wit and insults. That's right. Uh, and and you know. So toxic, and I guess that the perception of that was because uh, three guys left in short order in uh, this period of less than a year. Alex, there were some things he didn't like about the job. He went back to being uh, a full-time trader, and he's still a consultant, still on us. So I guess if Alex uh, hated us so bad, he, he's putting it behind him, and uh, we still talk on the phone every day and cut up, so that's number one. And then Tim decided to start uh, to pursue his dream of uh, starting and continuing and growing his family business. And I guess he's not allowed to do that without the permission of uh, the trolls because, you know, two people leave and that's a completely toxic work environment. And a super mega toxic work environment is when Hunter decided that because somebody, uh, because he didn't really particularly care for working at home and wanted to be in an office environment and somebody presented him with a very lucrative opportunity, he was not allowed to take that unless he checked with the trolls first. And they, he did not do that. So uh, shame on all three of those guys. And uh, somebody actually sent an email in that was directed to Michael saying, Michael, don't unpack your suitcase because you won't be there long at Revere because of the toxic work environment. Michael, have you unpacked your suitcase yet? Are you, are you feeling okay? Yeah, so I, uh, so while, while we're on that, that topic, um, uh, I'll, I'll take this uh, time to say, I, I couldn't be happier with the, with the 
recognition in the job. Uh, honestly, it's it's uh, it's really a dream job for me um, in an industry I love, and and not only that, I mean, typically Wall Street is a, a fairly toxic environment, and and working in in finance and investing is uh, a very cutthroat, um, not. Um, uh, they they don't really care about your feelings. Let's say that, and and at Revere, I I, I couldn't be happier. And um, and not only me saying that, I spoke to um Hunter and Alex before I started the job just to see what their thoughts were before I decided to unpack my bags. And and they said it's an amazing place to be, and um, I couldn't agree more. So I've not only unpacked, I found a a new place to um to to take my talents and, and live. Um, so I've, I've unpacked and, um, found a new home even. So I, uh, very good, Michael, very that bonus that we discussed, if you nailed that segment, we'll be in the <laughs> next chat. Nice Thank you, sir. Uh, Ted, I know you checked us out and, uh, I'm sure Richard, after my interview told you what a toxic work environment we have here and yet you took the job anyway, <laughs> what were you thinking? I don't know, man. I, I, I just, I guess I like the toxic work. Get that smile off your face um, right now, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a toxic um, work environment. Didn't you get the memo? Yeah, Richard and Ross only had good things to say. I also talked to George on the phone as well. He said he was friends with you, and he recommended yeah, checking out Revere, checking George out Don. And I, uh, I reached out to George Don. And I, and... Ten years ago, George and I were at a um, uh, in Chicago. I think he's from Chicago, is he? Anyway, we're I think we were in Chicago at a um Investors Business Daily, one of the advanced seminars that they had, and we were walking down the streets okay. and talking about how we wanted to start uh investment advisor businesses someday. And look at us, here we are, it worked. So uh other things that the trolls have said, uh we got a nice email about somebody explaining to us how she, we should properly establish our management. Uh, and levels of hierarchy by immediately bringing on two experienced uh, portfolio managers because those guys grow on trees and don't demand uh, any compensation. So uh, we're going to get right on that, uh, Mr. Troll. Thanks for chiming in. You obviously know uh, better than we do. And then my favorite one is because we're so um, transparent, the people that decide to criticize uh, some of the trades that we make, because I, I suppose we should be batting a thousand and never be wrong, but uh, that's not really realistic. And um, our results speak for themselves. Uh, we got our clients out of the way in Q4 of 2018. We got them out of the way in COVID. We got them out of the way this year. And our overall returns, anybody that's in protection for five years is beating the ind indexes across all time frames. So I, with less risk because of how we... Uh, raise cash during these downtrends. So I guess we're doing okay with our uh, with the market down 23% and our assets being near all-time highs. But hey, trolls, keep it coming. We really enjoy it. It gives us something to talk about on the show. Uh, I think it was probably a somewhat entertaining segment. And uh, we'll just go ahead and leave it there. Okay, number two, Zach, was uh, case law relative to protecting your client's assets. Are you ready for this one? Did you say the, it, a Levy versus Vesemir? Is that what I heard? Yeah, Levy okay. versus Vesemir Trust. And what kicked this off of me is somebody sent me uh, on Twitter, somebody sent me an article where somebody wrote into MarketWatch and said, hey, 
I told my advisor that I was retiring uh, at the end of this year, and they didn't do any anything to my portfolio, and now I've lost $100,000. Can I sue them? And uh, I don't necessarily agree with the response of the person uh, from MarketWatch that replied to them because they're certainly not familiar with this case law, but there's a guy on Twitter I follow. Uh, his handle is at investfent, and what he does, he used to be in compliance for a, for a brokerage firm, and now what he does is review, uh, he reviews 401k plans on behalf of the participants to make sure that the companies are not charging excessive fees and are providing uh, optimal options for the 401k participants, because I think we all know we've heard horror stories about high fees. Uh, the, the industry has done a pretty good job of cleaning up 401ks. They used to kind of be used as a, the owners of the companies didn't particularly care uh, that the fees were high and that they, uh, they were getting taken, the, the employees were getting overcharged, but the industry has cleaned that up a lot, but a lot anyway. Uh, but this, uh, this gentleman chimed in on a discussion I was having with a buy and hold pie chart advisor about, uh, never having any sell this, never uh, protecting his clients' downside. So uh, James uh, Investment sent us all links to this uh, Levy versus Bessemer Trust, which was basically a, the plaintiff. Uh, and Bessemer Trust is a huge uh, asset management company. They, they manage billions of dollars. Uh, but the guy was worried about the potential loss in his portfolio. He had uh, concentration in one stock and they just ignored it. Uh, he lost a bunch of money when that stock went down. Then he started talking to some other people and they said, well, you know, they could have hedged that. And uh, when he realized that that was even an option, he presented it to Bessemer and they didn't seem to care anyway. And uh, the bottom line is that the judge sided with the guy who sued them. and. His uh, takeaway from this is that, uh, quote, the takeaway from Levy is that advisors simply cannot stand by and watch investors suffer significantly losses, significant losses and then blame it on the market. Levy and other similar decisions, so this is not the only case, but this is the only one I'm citing, have established that investment advisors and other investment fiduciaries have, at a minimum, a legal duty to advise a client of, of hedging strategies. Mm -hmm. Positive and negative aspects of the same, and then let the client decide on whether or not they want to use them. So basically, case law is on the side of Revere Asset Management as far as taking active uh, downside protection, risk management procedures to minimize losses in severe bear markets, which is really our calling card. That's that's how we differentiate ourselves from. Uh, the buy and hold pie chart guys that and uh, waiting for the market to be right and leading stocks to set up and start acting correctly. So the bottom line is that we focus on what the market is actually doing and whether it's healthy or whether it's risky. And every night, that's why every night in the video, I go over this chart right now, if you want to show it, Zach, anybody that might be new to this, basically what I say every night in the video, we crack over three time frames, the green line is a short-term time frame. That's a 21-day moving average exponential, which is means it's some of the closes of the last 21 days with more weight given to the more recent closes. 
The red line is the 50-day simple moving average. That's just the last 50 closes all added up and divided by 50 and plotted on the chart. And the long term is the black line. That's the 200-day moving average, which is uh, the last 200 days added up divided by 200 and plotted on the chart. And as long as the trend is above those three moving averages, we are as invested in the market as we're comfortable being for our clients. Now, if they start to roll over, go sideways, or break below those moving averages, and the slope of those lines start to roll over, we're going to really start uh, selling things, and the market will take us out. Market will, will our stops will get hit. There will be a reduction in the number of good opportunities to get into, and the market basically tells us what to do. We let it make the decision for us. And then if we break below this black line, that's the long-term 200-day moving average. Uh, that's where risk is uh, by far at its highest. And um, I think everybody is familiar with the chart that I show all the time. This is the last 13 bear markets. We're actually right here and we're threatening to break below the July lows. We came within like 40 points of them today, I think. So if we go lower than this, and basically this is saying if you lose 24.5%, you got to make 32% to get back to even. If it's a severe bear market, the average of the last six it was a loss of 44.5%. You got to make 80% to get back to even. So if you started with a million dollars, you went through the severe bear market, you're heading into retirement, all of a sudden you've got uh, $560,000 instead of the um, million that you thought you were going to retire with. And you've got to make an 80% return on that to get back to a million. You can't do that if you're, how long, you have no idea if or how long that's going to take you. And that's why we take defensive action for our clients. It's a common sense approach. There's no other aspect of your life where things start going south when that you don't take corrective action. And I always like to use the two examples. If the service engine soon light comes on in your car, do you just ignore it? No, you don't. You take it in. If, if you're going out for the day and there's rain in the forecast and you take an, you, do you take an umbrella or not? And if you don't, you're going to get rained on and get wet. But yeah, I'll dry eventually. Sure you will. Uh, but you know, you're going to take corrective action. You're going to prevent the worst thing that can happen. And if you know, if you're market technicians, the way we are at Revere, uh, you can distinguish a healthy market from a risky market. And right now, uh, we're in an extremely risky market, downtrending under all of the moving averages, which and the averages themselves, the slope of the line is in a downtrend. So this is as risky as it gets. We got stopped out this week. We're either in 100% cash or for clients that had some uh, legacy positions with unrealized gains that they didn't want to pay tax on. We've hedged those positions. And that's going to be a nice segue into Ted's segment when we get there. But anyway, Levy versus Bessemer Trust. The case law is uh, on our side. And if you're, uh, if you're approaching retirement and your advisor's not doing anything for you, uh, ask them why and then Tell them, okay, you guys maybe should look up Levy versus Bessemer Trust, or you could just call Revere. That, that's an even simpler uh, solution to the approach. So Levy versus Bessemer Trust. So what, what does that tell you, Zach? How do you feel about that? Uh, yeah, I feel pretty good about it. Still a little confused, but I'm a man on the street. I, I'm prone to being confused. Uh, what are you prone thinking? to being confused as yeah. the man on the street? Well. You know, Jesse Waters, you remind me of Jesse Waters, the man on the street. You know, this is Zach's world. This is Zach's world. And We're all just living in it. 
and we're all just living in it. That's, That's right. right. Yeah. Okay. All right. So anyway, this guy that I that I have been uh, engaging on Twitter that about not protecting his downside, he's called me a snake oil salesman. Wow. Uh, he's called me a charlatan. Uh, he suggested that I use tarot cards to make better decisions for our clients. Uh, he likened it to being about as accurate as astrology by trying to uh, control, uh, by trying to do risk management. And finally, he said anybody that's a client of Revere is either dumb or dumber. So uh, we're probably not going to change this guy's mind, but maybe uh, maybe his client bringing up Levy versus Bessemer Trust to him uh, might charge his change his mind because. Uh, both Tim and I have talked repeatedly on here about the terrible experiences that uh, his parents had and that my uh, father-in-law had when he was dying in cancer back during the bursting of the tech bubble and he was with Morgan Stanley and they did absolutely nothing for, to protect him and his widow ended up getting half of his nest egg because the other half was frittered away uh, while they did absolutely nothing. So this is personal to us here at Revere. Um, a lot of times I think that I get more upset than the people that are actually losing the money do. Uh, but I guess that's because I just know and I'm convinced that this is a better approach. And, of course, the reminder that Danny and I, the partners in the firm, have all of our retirement and family's money in the same strategy that we use for clients. So we put our money where our mouth is. And that's going to wrap up uh, that segment. So Danny quote check, Bowles check, Levy versus Bessemer check. Next up is the have at it client. This is a, a, somebody again that was at a big, uh, a big brokerage house, and the stock in particular that was really the straw that broke the camel's back for them. So they came across uh, Revere Asset Management, and they had uh, this big bad broker sell uh, a bunch of stocks to raise a certain percentage of money that they transferred over to Revere. Right. So they saw for about a month what we did, how we were watching our videos, and their their uh, their account balance kept going down along with this market. So they decided to have another meeting with the director at the branch. And, and they said, they said, why don't you sell what's your sell discipline? They said, we sell based on fundamentals. And they said, okay, well, let me ask you a question about this stock that you have for me, Scott Miracle Grow. Uh, I once had 50% gains in it. You can show the chart on this, Zach. So Scott's Miracle Grow, this chart, uh, they said, I want, she said to the guy, I once had 50% gains in this and now I'm down 50%. Uh, what is your plan for selling or, or getting out of this position? And the guy was just silent on the other hand. And she said, uh, I, think, I think I know my answer to this. And the guy said, well, if you think you can do a better job than us, then have at it. And uh, that was that was it for her. We uh, she's now a fully fledged client uh, at Revere Asset as of this morning. But as a nice parting shot by her broker to her, uh, she asked us to review her um, holdings before it came over. She had ninety four separate positions, ninety four stocks. So basically, they put her in her own little mutual fund. You can't watch ninety four stocks. Uh, nobody can. We, we concentrate in just the best of the best. So I sent her an email and I said, you should sell these 37 right away. You can harvest some losses and then bring the rest over and we'll address 
uh, what's left and we'll start hedging and selling what's what's left. So she sent the email over to them, didn't hear back for two days. They didn't sell them. In the meantime, uh, the transfer started to go through. So by the time they decided to act on it, they emailed her and said, ah, it's too late. The transfer's happened and we can't sell any of those. So do you know what the market's done over the last couple of days, Zach? It's done basically straight down. So they've cost her an additional thousands of dollars because they didn't care enough to act on the wishes uh, of the client. So that's the latest horror story of clients that no matter how big they are or firms that are so big that they don't really particularly care mm. uh, in their approach or for uh, protecting the downside. So so those are the four segments that uh, that I covered at the beginning of this. And we're going to segue now to Michael who is going to enlighten us on fertilizer. Take it away, Michael. Okay. All right. So we want to point yeah. out Michael's shirt. If you haven't seen Michael's shirt, we love that shirt. <laughs> it's Ark Invest, A-R-K-K. Uh, our closest tie to A-R-K-K has been to short it using S-A-R-K, which is an inverse ARK ETF. And Michael, every time he thinks about what he's doing, uh, every trade he's going to make, he looks down at his shirt and makes sure that it's not something that Kathy Woods would do because uh, she's given back uh, basically all of her gains during the recent bull market by, again, not having a sell strategy. So now I'll shut up. Take it away, Michael. Yeah, it's just uh, it's a beautiful reminder uh, to manage risk. Um, in, a, in a couple podcasts ago, I showed that that little card um, that, I, that I have at my desk. I don't have it with me today because... Um, I'm on the road, so uh, basically, this is uh, that that reminder. It serves the same function. It's uh, uh, that reminds me. That... We got a troll. We got a troll email about that too, Michael. Did we really? Oh, really? Some some guy did not like that you <laughs> you do that. <laughs> I have my my offices all over the place. I have little things and cards and uh, tickers and stuff to remind me to do one of the best. Uh, O'Neill type traders forever. Jim Ropel has big signs on the top of his monitors telling him what to do and what not to do. But a troll said that he didn't like the fact that you had a card uh, with some important points on it next to him. So yeah, Zach, these are the types of things that we get from, you know, uh, Tim used to say to our clients, you know, we love you all. Uh, there's some we don't love. Let's well, be yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like these folks are afraid of change and risk. And I'm not, you know, really sure why, because those are all reasonable things to deal with in this industry. Well, Zach, unreasonable people do not deal with reasonable situations. So, yeah, indeed. Michael, yeah, I'm sorry, I've interrupted a... you twice now, but I will not interrupt you again. You promise? Because I'm creating a toxic work environment by doing that. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, I guess uh, I guess today it's not a it's not PC to uh, call yourself a loser. Um, so, so. Um... I'm sorry that I offended anyone by by writing that that card, but um, and it's actually it's not even a, an original um idea of mine. I read it in a book, and I think uh Mark Mitterveni actually has uh the same card, and um yeah, I, I think he tells himself that in the mirror every day. Mm. You know, he said when he wakes yeah. up, he goes to the mirror and tells himself that that he's a he's a loser and he can do serious financial damage to his account. So i didn't i didn't come up with it but i use it and it works um so i i apologize um, for those that are looking out for for me and my feelings so i'm sorry if i offended you um so <laughs> so now um going into the segment um 
I wanted to talk about fertilizers. And um, so th this is this is the issue where um, the fundamental approach doesn't always work because the fundamentals are still in play, but um, the, the stocks now aren't responding as they should because perhaps, um, and, and this is where it's difficult to tell and a fundamental approach can't lead you um, to, to the uh, to the prize necessarily because it, it's very possible that a lot of this has been priced in and now um, those that got in early and uh, insiders are taking profits on these positions but fertilizer um, there's a big shortage of fertilizer globally and there's also a shortage of, of crops and a big problem with fertilizer is that natural gas is used as a feedstock to produce uh, nitrogen fertilizer um, natural gas represents the largest source of energy for um, for nitrogen fertilizer as well as um, Canadian um, potash. So the the issue is that globally, if you've seen, as we spoke about a few podcasts ago, the prices of natural gas globally and especially in Europe are astronomical. So a lot of uh, fertilizer producers in Europe have already said that um, the input costs are too high and it's just not um, not feasible for them to, to continue producing fertilizers at these uh, prices. So they've actually um, stopped production. They've, they've halted uh, production. And in the US, because we, and, and in North America in general, because Canada has um, access uh, a lot easier to these natural gas prices as well, the North American producers that can, can produce this fertilizer with such, such a lower cost um, input are, are should significantly benefit from from this um, and a big problem too is that um as as i'm sure a lot of you know but if you don't russia and ukraine export 30 percent of uh global wheat and um they're 20 percent of the global corn trade so if if russian and ukrainian exports um continue to stay cut off um the world is going to lose 30 percent of that that wheat um, because it's very difficult to store um, grains. They expire. Um, there, there's, there's issues with um, pests and rodents. And it, it's not like, um, like gas that you can just store or oil that you can store in barrels. Um, it's it's uh, perishable. So that's a big problem. And then also going forward is even if this, this war ends and there's a, there's a solution, um, there's a big in, in Ukraine that... Um, that they're not expected to plant a normal crop uh, next year to due to due to the damages of uh, fuel um, depots, infrastructure, farming equipment, and um, the dislocation of people. So it's going to take a while for for that um, supply to come back onto the market. So what do you do in that case? You start growing in other places, and they need fertilizer to do that. Um, so in essence, the the thesis here is that whoever has the lowest input costs. Will benefit, and the North American producers have access to the to some of the cheapest natural gas in the world. Um, so, two companies that that have been performing well, they were leaders in the market, they were holding up super well. Are um, first is CF, which is an uh, an American company based in uh, Illinois, I believe. Um, so, if you could pull that chart up, John. Uh, yep. Um, yeah. So, so CF, um, it had a great run. Um, it, it started its run um, early or, or late in 2020, but the problem is that it was up uh, three and a half times. So it's not a, a new story. The market um, definitely was pricing that in. 
and it, it, it exploded from that first uh, base breakout in, in December. So it is possible um, that, that it continues to do well. The fundamentals are supportive, but now it's just a matter of um, getting in at the right time. I started a position actually a few days ago as it was holding the 50-day moving average. And then as soon as it, um, it broke that, I actually sold it uh, the, this morning. Um, it was a 2.5% position. I got stopped out, trade didn't work. So now I'm um, just a matter of waiting for it to set up. Um, so yeah, if it can get back above those key moving averages and hold, um, then it, it could be an opportunity again. But for now it's, it's, um, it's done, it's out of, out of my portfolio. And then another one is uh, NTR Nutrien, which is a Canadian company that also very similar chart um, was holding up super well during uh, the, the first stages of this uh, bear market but same thing it's now broken below key moving averages um so it's it's done for now but that one ran up uh 3x from from its initial uh breakout in in december so um that's that's the issue with um only a fundamental approach uh, most of i'm sure um most of the pie chart investors if they did have a position in this um the fundamentals are still supportive you can see the sales and earnings growth Last quarter, um, sales were up 49%, earnings up 181%. Um, estimates for this year are up 164%. So in terms of the fundamentals, there's no slowdown in sight, but the technicals are breaking down and in a bear market, um, unfortunately, they, they can take everything down. And um, correlations, as, as Don said, go to one. And you just, you, you, a, a trout can't swim up a waterfall. So you just, um, you've got to let them go and wait for them to set up again if, if they do. And sometimes they don't and, um, and you're glad you got out. So yeah, um, the, the fundamental case for fertilizer still chart. exists. I might want to point out on this yep. chart very quickly, Michael. Uh, look, this black line here, and this is why MarketSmith is so good. It gives you so many things that you can reference. This black line is the S&P 500. Okay, so then you can compare what the S&P 500 was doing versus the underlying stock that you're looking at. And then you can also gauge the relative strength of the underlying stock uh, versus what the rest of the market is doing. And between those three lines, you can draw a lot of conclusions. You can see where we started. Right. These stocks were very high on our list. They were on the 21 over 21, and we were discussing them in-house. During this period right here where they broke out while the market was correct, the black line going down so the s and is going down uh nutrient is acting fantastic and you can see the slope of the relative strength line uh but it, it stopped plain and simple so the thesis is good the numbers are good the market was just too much for it and in a down market stocks eventually uh 75 of them will do what the market's doing so the market kept going down uh nutrient stopped going up it rolled over along with the markets and although this is a, a bad chart if you look at the price action, when you consider what the S&P is doing, it's all of it's doing is what the S&P is doing because you can see that by the relative strength line going sideways anyway. And these are the types of uh, little nuances that we look for in charts and why MarketSmith is so helpful, uh, helping us draw conclusions and narrow our watch list. So uh, yeah. go ahead, Michael. Are you going to talk about Mosaic? Um, Mosaic is, uh, the, the, it, it was a weaker one in the group. So, so, uh, we, we can talk about it, but I think CF was, uh, was definitely the standout name. And, um, if you pull up CF, what's interesting about it is that, um, 
uh, is this mosaic? Oh, yeah, just, just uh, I'll just talk about yeah. CF one more time quickly. So CF actually during that consolidation period where the market was pulling back, CF actually broke out and hit a new all time yeah. high. Um, when the market pulled back in, um, in late August and, and started to sell off again, CF was the strongest name and in, in, it, it was like one of, I think one of very, very few stocks that, that were up, um, during that, um, that sharp decline after, um, I think it was the Jackson hole, um, speech that, that the market tanked and, and CF was actually positive on that day. But after hitting that all time high, it failed that breakout pulled back. Um, it looked like it was holding that 50 day on high volume. So that's where I, I got involved on that undercut in reverse. And then it, um, it broke and, and it, it just couldn't handle the weight of the market. So, um, yeah, here's, you here's the get thing you're talking about. 826 was that Jackson hold day. And you can see, like you said, yeah. it finished positive and at, at new highs while the market had a very, uh, negative, uh, day that day. And you're absolutely right about yeah. Mosaic being the laggard. You can see here how it's broken below the 200-day moving average, uh, which is much worse on a relative basis versus NTR and CF. Anything yeah, else I like CF because it was. Yeah, I I just I, I like CF the most. It was the strongest. It had broken out to a new high while these um, had kind of um, lagged uh, within their bases. Um, but but yeah, I mean. For now, um, it, it, it's interesting. Uh, there, there's a lot of oil bulls as well. Um, you would think that oil would be going higher, but if you pull up XLP or um, XLE, those, those charts have broken down as well. And um, it's it, it's uh, the, the fundamentals um, in this case don't don't really matter. It's just um, it's the charts. So you can you can sit in here and and continue to hold these these stocks and these ETFs because the fundamentals are so strong and there's war and cutting off Russia, but I mean, look where XOP is now, it's back to um, where it was exactly a year ago in, in September. So before this war even happened, uh, we're, we're back now to those prices. Yeah, what a day for oils today. So, XOP down eight and a half percent, OIH down nine and a half percent, XLE down 7%, Un unbelievable. Today was yeah. the day uh, that they came for the last group that was showing any relative strength and that's energy. And that's why self-discipline is important. When 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 it doesn't work, you got to get out. Absolutely. Is that it? Uh, yeah. That that's that's all for me. Excellent. Um, Ted. Inverse single stock ETFs. Yep. New concept. Uh, we talked about yes. this uh, this this week and. Um, Let's get to it. Tell us what you got. Yeah, so, so single stock ETFs are what you said earlier on in the podcast. They mirror the action of a particular underlying stock. So for example, we have AAPD in that essentially mirrors the action of Apple. And if you were to go short, you would buy, you would long AAPD. And so recently, Direxion and AXM, AXS Investments came out with these single stock ETFs and they're particularly useful because um, for people that don't want to play options and leverage that way, we can take these inverse ETFs to short these particular stocks, which we, did, we, we didn't have the capability to do before. Um, so yeah, at Revere, 
again, like Don has preached many times in his daily market videos and on this podcast, we focus on preserving capital during downtrends. And these ETFs can really help us either hedge our positions or go net short. And so right now, Don has pulled up. Is that the Apple chart? Yeah, we got Apple on the left and AAPD, the single bear uh, Apple ETF on the on the right. Okay. Yeah, so clearly you can see the the difference between these two charts. Apple, pretty weak action under the 200-day, under the 50-day. And what we would like to see is potentially like Apple rallies into an area of resistance. And it would be even better to have that area of resistance with confluence with some key moving averages like the 21 day or the 50 day. If you look at the chart right now, the 50 day and the 200 day are pretty much overlapping. So if Apple were to rally to that area, it'd be a pretty low risk entry point to get in some AAPD and essentially short Apple. Um, you also have Tesla, we're, Amazon, we're pretty actually, much all the mega actually, caps. Sorry to interrupt. We're actually doing this for a couple of clients right now that have uh, unrealized gains in Apple. And in the past, before these came out, we would have to uh, either use options, which aren't a perfect hedge, or maybe the QQQ, which is not necessarily a perfect hedge either. But uh, with the with these one to one offsets, um, you can you can see like as Ted mentioned, rallying into a, a resistance area. Here's two days when Apple came off the bottom, right into the declining twenty one, and it failed there. Right on the other side, you see AAPD pulling back perfectly to the 21. Uh, so the charts should look mirror images of each other, one getting support at the 21, the other one seeing resistance at the 21. But you always want to use the chart of the underlying to make your decisions because uh, anytime you're using a derivative, you there, there's room for a little bit of tracking error. You want to make your decision on the underlying, which in this case is Apple. So if you see Apple... Uh, failing into a moving average, a declining moving average. It's nice that it corresponds to what AAPD is doing. Uh, but for example, I use SSO and SDS, which are two times long or two times short uh, S&P 500, but I never even look at their charts. I always just look at the chart of the S&P 500 to make my decisions. Sorry, can I, I, I just ahead, mention one thing? What, what, yeah, what, yeah. What's cool about these inverse ETFs as well is that um, so when you're when you're shorting a stock, um, you you need a margin account because there's there's um, unlimited risk to the um, the downside. If a if a stock rallies two hundred percent, you're going to lose two hundred percent of your position. So there, there's an unlimited um, downside risk when you're shorting. But with these um, inverse ETFs, you don't need a margin account to do it. You can do it in a four hundred one k or an IRA. And the, the most you can lose is, and obviously you're not going to hold it, but but in the worst case scenario, the most you could lose is the amount you put in. You don't have unlimited risk in, a, in an inverse ETF. So it, it, it is helpful in that way as well. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, that's like Don, what, what are your thoughts? Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so another point I wanted to bring up was, although we don't predict that Revere, we follow, we follow the current action of markets. Do you think that um, Direxion and AXS bring out these inverse ETFs could potentially like just show the complete bearish sentiment we have in the markets and the demand that people want to short these stocks that have already been well, down? It, it, it's very possible. It's very possible, but um, 
I would, I'm going to take the opposite tack. I'm going to say that this is a tool that advisors maybe cannot, were not able to use before that they can use now. Uh, I'm not as big a fan as of the like one and a half times uh, bull that they have, like, which means yeah. Tesla can, uh, there's a, there's an ETF for one and a half times, whatever Tesla's doing the, we, we wouldn't mm -hmm. use that. There's higher fees involved in it. We just buy one and a half okay. times whatever we had in Tesla. I guess if you're limited to the size of your account, that that would be beneficial. But I wouldn't think that that, that would catch on as much as the inverse ones do because you can yeah. uh, use them for hedging and use them, as Michael said, in, um, in retirement accounts to make money uh, in a downtrending market. Ultimately, they'll be judged by their popularity. There are a lot of ETFs that get started. They sound like a great idea, and they end up closing shop within uh, a year mm -hmm. because nobody uses them. Yeah, these definitely are quite useful, at least in first glance. Yeah, you can see the volume on this one. This TSLQ uh, trades 1.2 million shares a day already, so uh, it is yeah. getting used. Yep. Over that. Yeah, I guess the, the biggest risk. The, the biggest risk to these single stock ETFs, like if you're doing it in Apple or Tesla or a big name, it, it, it's fine. But uh, the ones, if they start, if they start making them for, for um, smaller, smaller, less liquid stocks, um, if any of them get bought out or they significantly mm -hmm. gap up, I mean, most of them will mm -hmm. just go to zero because of, uh, yeah. because of that um, percentage change. But uh, a big one like Apple or Tesla to use as a hedge um, makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. What other ones you want to look at, uh, Ted? Um, we have we have Amazon, pretty much all six of the mega caps. So Amazon, we can look at next, and then we can go to Google, Microsoft, and Nvidia. What's the ticker for the Amazon? It is AMZD. Yeah, see, so, this one's yeah. not liquid at all. You see that thing? It's just flying. Right. Yeah. Right. But only trading ten thousand shares a day, and you can see yeah. by the gaps. Um, yeah. if it's thin like this, you better use a limit order, uh, to get mm -hmm. in, to make sure that they, they don't jack the price up on you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Google then, what was, um, GGLS. GGLS. Usually GGLS. They, yeah, they're ending GGLS. in D for, D for down or S for short yeah. at the end. Google is pretty Google short. Again, this, this less one's liquid. only trading 1800. Yeah, yeah. hundred shares a day, so not yeah. much liquidity there. It's fairly new, so most people probably don't right. even know about these yet. Yeah, Tesla's really uh, caught on App D, which is what we're using. Uh, like fifty thousand shares a day, this is trading, but um, we put limit orders in, and and we've got filled. I, I've been tracking it. I've got them right next to each other on my uh, monitor, and the price up, the price down for Apple is very close to the price up. Uh, all the time from a bid and ask perspective. So you would get filled in a pretty good position if you're trying to offset something one-to-one. -one. Yeah. And then Microsoft MSFD. Yeah, liquidity definitely being a problem well. with these, as yeah. you can see. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, do you no. know, do you know if, um, if these ETFs though, um, are they, are they open, open end? Because if they are open end, then the liquidity is, um, 
it, it's like it, the way that they do it and track it, it should, um, if they can just offer unlimited shares, it shouldn't really affect oh. um, the, the, the pre like liquidity. If they're just tracking one-to-one, -one, then liquidity shouldn't be an issue. It may just be a matter of uh, interest in the market and, and a, a matter of investors not knowing about it. But um, I, I, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, because it, yeah. So that that'd be something. Yeah, these these gaps in the chart are what are what uh, would give me pause on buying something uh, this illiquid. But uh, I, I think Tesla is really probably the leader from as far as what's catching on and what's not catching. I think that's the only one that actually has two that both of these um, uh, firms have both put out a Tesla one. I think that each of the other ones only have. Uh, yep. have one. Yeah, here's a Tesla short. So you've yeah. got the Direxion one and you've yeah. got the AXS one too. AXS, yeah. uh, they must have got theirs out first because TSLQ yeah. is uh, by far the most liquid. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So any anything, uh, any other insight on these, Ted, that uh, that we should know about? I, I currently don't have anything else. I think the most important thing is that you can use these to hedge or you can use them to just short these individual stocks, these mega caps. It'll be interesting to see if they catch on like that. I think it would probably take one of the bigger firms uh, that put these out. Direction is, uh, I hadn't heard of AXS before. Uh, Direction is one of the bigger ones that it, mm -hmm. it has come up with uh, unique ways of generating ETFs. Some of them catch on, some of them don't catch on. Um, Every once in a while, we get uh, emails. Dan and I get emails um, from people that work for the firms, wondering if we're interested in uh, something like this. There have been a couple uh, that have caught our eye. In fact, some things that that have been recently a really good hedge for the market: uh, commodity uh, CM CTAs, commodity tracking uh, CTAs. There is a trend, it's trend following basically is what it is. It's named after commodities because that's how, where the system was developed. But there's three of them that would have, that have acted as a perfect hedge. And basically this is pure trend following. Uh, if you break below the 200 day moving average, they're going short. If you break above the 200 day moving average, they're going long. They, they follow a, a, a strict set of rules, but the three of them that I'm monitoring are one is ticker CTA in fact, uh, managed futures is what they call the strategy, and CTA uh, is the overall term for the people that are known to have used these uh, in the institution. So CTA is one. Uh, you can see that's up on the day while the markets are taking a beating. In fact, they've all been uh, positive over this last little run. KMLM is another one. Managed Futures by KFA Mount Lucas uh, Managed Future Strategy. You can see that's breaking out of a nice cup and handle today. And the third one, and these again, these have varying liquidity. So if you were going to use it, you would need to use a limit order. Uh, DBMF uh, is the most popular one that I've seen that trades 460,000 shares a day. And you oh, see yeah. that breaking out of a nice cup base also doing really just the opposite of what uh, the indexes are doing. So these are similar to uh, inverse ETFs. Uh, but they're uh, they're a pretty good hedge versus uh, a bearish market. And then on the other hand, if the market uh, gets bullish, they they know when to turn is basically what it is. They don't wait for different signals, and 
Um, this is something that we're doing some research on in-house about a possible way to uh, smooth volatility in our overall portfolios. So I think that's everything that we had on the agenda today. Um, Michael, you got any parting words for uh, our esteemed audience? Um, no, I just hope everyone's uh, doing all right and, and was prepared for this. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's been a pleasure uh, learning from, from Don and working with Revere and um, being able to, to avoid these um, potentially catastrophic um, events to your portfolio. So, um, yeah, I just, I just hope, uh, and especially those close to retirement that are with, um, these, these, um, pie chart investors that, that have no cell discipline. Um, I just hope they're not, not, um, being too hurt by this. Um, yeah. So one of the big, uh, one of the big negatives of these pie charts this year has been the bond market doing something that, it doesn't usually do bonds on an, at an institutional level uh, have always been used as a hedge in the prevailing wisdom behind the 60 40 portfolio is that the bonds should either soften the blow or go up while stocks are going down. This, this is a chart of the Vanguard total bond market index that looks like the S and P 500. It's been going down all year. So this is the illusion of diversification that you get by uh, diversifying into a downtrending asset class. And we have robo strategies in house here that we use that uh, you, you just, you just avoid them. I like to say it's the equivalent of trying to maintain a well-balanced diet, but you're eating rotten vegetables to get your vegetable fix in the food pyramid. That doesn't make any sense. So uh, we don't diversify into downtrending asset classes at Revere. It, it's just, in fact, we get out of the way of anything that's going down because that, that implies that the trend is down and we're trend followers. So uh, even though it's snake oil, uh, we're charlatans and uh, what else did I say? We're, we, should, we use tarot, tarot cards yeah, reading uh, and astrology. Yeah. Tea leaves, astrology, yeah, astrology. Yeah. So it, yeah, that's that's us here at Revere. So, uh, Zach, what's your what are your parting words uh, as our man on the street? Uh, I think it was a great show. Uh, looking forward to Danny being back next week. Well, I guess we'll wrap it up then. I don't think I really need to go into a whole lot of detail. The twenty-one over twenty-one uh, list has been devastated this week. As of last night, there were only four stocks remaining that were above their 21. Let's take a look at the four and see where they are today. First, Solar, breaking the 21 just below it today. Mm -hmm. uh, north of Grumman, this one got a pop this week when Putin uh, started acting like a madman again, but you can see that lasted for two days, and now North of Grumman has broke below the 21. Uh, LNG, which we've owned for a while, we all know the story, but when the fundamentals don't match the price action, you can't stick with the fundamentals. One of our rules is buy on technicals and fundamentals, but sell only on the technicals. You can see that LNG has broken to 21, and uh, the last stock was CEG, an alternative energy stock, also breaking mm -hmm. below the 21. So 21 out of 21 of the 2121, have broken below their 21. That is that tells you all you need to know about the market, and that's why last night we uh, went to bearish slash downtrend 
on our trend gauge for the leaders. That was the last holdout with all the indexes being uh, in the downtrend. So folks, if you like what you heard, tell your friends, tell your family, go to revereasset.com and we'll see you next week on Your Money. Because remember, it's not how much you make, it's how much you keep. Your Money Radio podcast covers general topics and investment ideas for research. It is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is not meant to be investment advice. If you want or need investment advice, contact your own advisors or reach out to Revere Asset Management for individual investment advice. For more information, just go to revereasset.com.